0: Alrighty, righty, everybody. Welcome back to Live from the Sticks, episode two with your host, Stevie J. And I'm Gabe. He's Gabe. <laughs> hey, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the first episode. If you tuned in, if you didn't, you should listen to it. It's a bit of a long one. We probably uh, try to bite more than we could chew. I think that's the phrase. But, um, you know, it was still fun. I enjoyed it very much. Hence why we're back for number two. What do you think, Gabe? Yeah,
1: man. It was really? a lot of fun. First, exactly. first episode ever recorded, you know, exactly. we, it was a lot of time, though. Oh, we yeah, definitely put it off w- more than we could chew. Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, today we got four topics that are a lot shorter. Um, we hope you enjoy them. And on that note, let's go ahead and start with number one. Number one, as we all know, this is an all sports podcast, So we're not just talking about football. We're not just talking about other football, if you want to consider soccer football. We're not talking about basketball, baseball. We're talking about everything. So to start it off, number one, we got baseball stats. Now, Gabe and I—I've been trying to get more into baseball. Gabe has played baseball since he was little. Played in college. Boy's a dog, absolute animal. Thanks, Stephen. He's learning. You know, he, he's, trying, <laughs> he's, trying, he's, trying, he's trying his best. He's using Gabe as an as his encyclopedia. And I was uh, we were talking one day, you know, like we do over Fortnite, and that's typically how we do it. And I was like, oh, Gabe, this guy's hitting great. His batting average is solid. And Gabe said, no, batting average is, is worthless in today's game. <laughs> so maybe not to that extent. That's not how he said it. But let's just expand upon that, Gabe. What, what, what do you think? So there's a lot of people that are like my
1: dad's generation that grew up watching baseball and like or listening to baseball really mostly in the 70s, you know, mm-hmm. mid, late 70s. To them, batting averages, it's, it's everything because uh-huh. – that's what, that's what they knew at that point in time. You had certain individuals that were keeping track on base percentage and slugging percentage, but like, we didn't really value those things like we do today. You know, there's a lot of statisticians that work for MLB front offices and, you know, they value OPS plus and, you know, weighted runs, creative plus and things like that. Now Mm -hmm. I'm throwing those stats out there. I'm going to assume that all six of our listeners don't know. Exactly. I was about 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 to say,
0: I was about to say, just in case, you know, I know a couple of our listeners personally, I would say shout out mom. Hi mom. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So if you could just go ahead, she knows what, you know, if, if you've watched sports at all, you've heard about baseball, you know what batting average is. It's pretty obvious. Like, are you hitting the ball? well and is it not going out like it, it, we get it. like yeah. um but can you just explain real quick what ops is derived from because i think if you try to look it up it's a little confusing but sure. gabe was the one that explained it to me and i just feel like it it makes a little more sense especially for the argument that he's going to try to make in a little bit
1: sure so ops comes from on base percentage and slugging percentage it's the sum of both of those okay. okay so first we need to understand what on base percentage is Every single time the player goes up to the plate, the batter, the batter goes up to the plate. He gets credited for what's called a plate appearance. Got it. Every single time. Doesn't matter if it's a sacrifice, a strikeout, a home run, he gets credit for a plate appearance. Even for a walk. Even for a walk. He gets credit for that. Batting average doesn't take that into account. That's why batting average sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Got it. So on base percentage is a better stat.
0: Okay.
1: Slugging percentage is – a lot like on base percentage and the fact that it takes every single plate appearance into account okay okay so that's why the sum of them the sum of both of them gives you all inclusive hitting stat okay? okay because it takes all the plate appearances into account so now what we need to understand is is how do you calculate on base percentage all right. because that's the basis of how you calculate selecting percentage all right so on base percentage you take every single time a player gets on base by their own merit so yeah. that would be a walk or any sort of hit that would be a single a double a triple a home run that counts positively for on base percentage that counts right. for a thousand points okay, okay. and so uh,
0: when when you say a thousand are you meaning 1.0 1.0 that's what I'm okay. saying 1.0 it. yeah it. it's slang sorry it's slang no no worries it's just I, once again I have finally figured I've already asked half of these questions before it's for our listeners that don't right. know hi mom um <laughs> so just so you know that if you're trying to listen, our podcast is trying to be inclusive, you know, trying to just introduce everybody to sports so they kinda understand. So yes, anyways, 1-0 one oh equals a thousand if you didn't pick that up. Right. So if
1: a batter has one plate appearance on any given day mm-hmm. and they get on base by their own merit with a walk, a single, a home run, a double, whatever, their on base percentage is 1.0 or a thousand. Okay. Now, how how would you calculate two plate appearances and getting on base one time? Well, that would be one, because they got on base once, mm-hmm. divided by the number of plate appearances, which is two. So that okay. would be 50%, or the slang term would be 500. His on-base right. percentage is 500. Okay. So that's the gist of how you would calculate... On base percentage. Now that obviously a uh, player that plays in the big leagues is going to play 162 games or some number around that, that number. And then they're going to get about four plate appearances a game. So mm-hmm. it ends up averaging to be about 600 plate appearances. Jeez.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a <laughs> when large you say it sample like that, I'm like, gosh, that
1: is pretty Yeah. It's yeah. a large sample size. Mm-hmm. So then slugging percentage, how we calculate that is very, it's very similar to on base percentage. Okay. With, Walks, not I. I don't think walks count. Walks don't count for slightly Maybe they do. I'm not sure, but I don't anyway, think they do. I think so you have you'll have, you'll have singles. Up. You'll have singles that count for the same as a walk or any other hit would in on base percentage. A single is basically the same thing okay. as as what you would get for on base percentage. Yeah. But then a double is worth twice as much. A double is worth mm. two thousand points. Okay. A triple is worth three thousand, and a home runs worth four thousand. Okay because that's the total number of bases the batter achieved Makes that's sense. hence slugging percentage it's okay. it's a power stat so then when you calculate all when you, when you calculate those two stats together that gives you the players on base percentage plus slugging hence okay. ops gotcha. so Makes that's sense. that's a stat i like to use now the issue with ops is From it's, it makes it very difficult to compare hitters from year to year. I'm going to give you an an example. So the average OPS in 1967 was
0: 663. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The average. Yeah. Those of you that are keeping up with the slang, 663. He went back to, I'll say Stephen terms, like just pure stats. So that means six thousand six hundred and thirty, like that. Yeah. OK, what it is
1: today is seven or so what it is in 2022 as of two weeks ago or last week, rather, was mm-hmm. 703. So it's a it's it's four. It's it's 40 points. It's it's 40 points difference, which is insane. Like the hitters are are hitting better by OPS today mm-hmm. than they were in 67. Now, for the old heads out there that understand the significance of 67, 68 and 69, that was an era of where pitching dominated they had yes. to lower the mound because the pitchers were too good
0: <laughs> like blame, they... <laughs> <blame>.
1: <laughs> but we have we have people saying oh the, the batting averages are down the batting averages are down the hitters are terrible you know mm-hmm. the pitchers are throwing too hard we have to do something mm-hmm. well yeah. for you old heads out there that are saying this oh god <laughs> <laughs> the average ops i d- i did the math i've got my excel sheet to prove it oh okay okay The average OPS from 1967 to 2019 was 724. That was the average. Okay. In 2019, the OPS, the average OPS in the league was 758. In 2020, we had the COVID year. It was 740. And then in 2021, it was, guess what? 728. So outside of this year, the OPS is about where about where it was for the average. And really the numbers are even inflated because of steroids in the nineties. So very true. I didn't think so really, you know, teams are shifting and they're doing all these things that are causing the batting averages to go down. Mm -hmm. But the offensive production is actually about in tune with what it really has been the last 60, 70 years. So, you know, that's, that's my little diatribe on why batting average sucks. Um, you know, (laughs) we can go into the pitching stats i i also did the average earn run average and uh which is the amount of runs that are credited towards the pitcher so the pitcher essentially is responsible for the runs that are scored per nine innings that's what his earn run average is but essentially it's it's a pitching stat and it's it's a good one and uh uh, basically, the earn run averages the last five years mm-hmm. are in are a little bit higher than what um, they they were for the average since 1967. So you know the pitchers are not pitching as well, and the hitters, yeah, from what they used to, but the I would hitters not have guessed that are, are right in tune with average. So I think it's I think the I think what it boils down to is is probably a difference in scorekeeping possibly because it could be that the hitters are being credited for more hits i'm not really sure but it's it's very interesting uh to think about and with this data that we've collected i haven't really had a chance to really dig in dig into any more depth other than you know it's just looking at the data and seeing what seeing what we have which is ops is about where it's been the last, you know, 60 years. And mm-hmm. the earn run averages are a little higher than what they've been in the past. Even though the pitchers are throwing harder, their pitches are breaking more. It might be a lack of control. You know, who knows? They might just that, be walking that, yeah, more
0: that guys. Could be true. Uh, okay. Also, I want to, I want to go back real quick. I realized about halfway through Gabe's spiel, very important <laughs> spiel, <laughs> but um I realized I uh miscalculated and the moment I said it, I was like, oh, when I said six thousand something, no, 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 no. When he said six sixty-eight, I can't remember what the number exactly. Six sixty-three. Six sixty-three. That means six hundred sixty-three, yes. not six thousand. The moment I said six thousand, I was like, that is not possible. Yeah. How? <laughs> like the, the highest you could <laughs> potentially have would be five thousand. Like that means Correct. every single hit you're going yard. Yes. Ev- like every single time you're up the mound, the five thousand would be the best. So no, yes. it, he meant six hundred sixty-three. I can't do math. Anyways, <laughs> back to OPS. Now, so I know you know that as you explain this to me it makes sense that you know batting average really isn't proving anything it's just proving the fact that you know you're making a good it it's i guess batting average is still a good stat in showing that like you're you're hitting with consi- it's a good consistency stat you know sure. i guess but in terms of how good of a hitter you are it's
1: it, it's, it's not, not all encompassing. It's, exactly
0: it's not an all-encompassing it's you know people like you said we'll call them the old heads Um, (laughs) but they want to always you know praise the stat and and, you know anyone over 300 they're an all-star but you know there are plenty of guys nowadays that hit over 300 and it's not that they're hitting great hits i mean they're just hitting you know some solid singles they're getting a good amount of rbis and stuff but i mean they're not going yard you know their ops might be sitting around 720 i think you said league average as well like 740. so uh
1: league average in um 20 19 was 758 and 2020 okay. it was 740 so okay you know so, that's that's where our league average is that's exactly. where our league average is
0: exactly is so i mean you you've got some guys that for example i think austin riley i believe his ops right now is like 898 i think yeah it, it recently went down he's he's been in a tad slump these past like four games but um so 898 which would show that like okay you know he's first off he's getting on base and he's going you know he's he's smacking that thing you know like i mean he's doing well the 898 is good yes but i think his batting average during that time you know through this time has i think he's sitting at like 256 or so i mean it's it's pretty it's low it's below 300 for sure and it's well below i mean it's it's just kind of showing as you explained this to me because i was one of the people that you know i didn't know much i was like oh well you know this is the most important you're like yeah not quite batting average is a little overrated but and then i heard of an even better stat so there's OPS and then there's a super OPS. Can you explain that one? Because okay, if, if for the people that you know are trying to get into baseball or enjoy baseball but don't really understand the stats, baseball is easily the most analyzed sport in the world. Like I love soccer <laughs> and it is the it is the world sport, but in terms of analyzing, like. These guys have it down. They'll be like, this guy will last 10 years and two months and three days. And they for sure will last that amount. I mean, it's ridiculous how these guys have analyzed every second. I wish other sports would cover it, especially sports like the NBA and NFL. They need that bad, boys, especially the NFL. So, all right. Can you just explain this super
1: Sure. So OPS, what Steven's referring to is former is uh formatively known as OPS plus. And, Essentially, this stat was created with the with the intention of trying to compare hitters from different years, different eras, and hitters that play in different ballparks. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the people that you know like to hate on OPS say, "Well, you know, uh, I'll give you a for instance. Uh, this this is a little tidbit of information. There was a player that was recently inducted into the Hall of Fame by the name of Larry Walker, okay. and." a big reason why Larry Walker didn't make it into the hall of fame sooner than he did was because he played in Colorado and Denver, where everybody knows that it's much easier to hit when you're playing in Denver, because the ball doesn't break as much because of the altitude. Yep, so that makes sense. Rockies That's players. Yeah. As you, as you see, as you'll see with players that play for the Colorado Rockies, mm-hmm. the hitters always hit much better at home. They do when they're on the road and the pitchers always pitch significantly worse. So, you know, the ballpark has a big effect. So what OPS Plus does is it takes all, all of that into account and it creates an, an, a baseline number for the OPS of the players that play in this ballpark on this day and on that day and the next day, et cetera. It's, it's all encompassing and it puts the baseline average value at 100.
0: So uh, you, you, when you say baseline average value, are you are saying league average? The all league time average. average. That's okay. the league average. average. That's the
1: league average on that given year. Okay. Yeah. That's the league average on that given year. So then if a player has a 120 OPS plus in 2020, that is correlated perfectly to a 120 OPS plus in 1958. Does that make huh. sense? yeah exactly it's 20 it's 20 points better than league average so if a player puts up a 120 ops plus for his whole career then his his career is perfectly translatable at the plate at the plate not defensively but at the Mm -hmm. plate to a to the same player uh you know 50 years from then or 50 year difference 120 is 120 and it takes into account it takes into account the ball flights or well as much as it can i mean we don't have all of the Statcast cast data back in the 50s but they do a <laughs> good, they do a pretty good job of comparing what average ops was in the ballpark by all the hitters and they and they also take into account who the pitchers were it's it's a long long formula that a lot of dedicated people put a lot of time into to create the stat, but it's it's a wonderful stat for those of you that want to look at it. That one, there was a lot of effort put into making that one number.
0: Oh yeah, and it's every year. That that's so cool, honestly. And like Gabe was kind of alluding to the fact that yeah, the 50s, you know, they weren't as heavily recorded, but at the end of the day, if, I mean, there are still there are, there are records of what every single player hit, how he hit on every single day, all that's written down. It's just written on paper. It's not right. as well written as it is now so that's why i mean you can look up you know shout out to this one website that we both like to keep up keep up with i put gabe put me on i put it on to my dad um it's called fan graphs but it's easily the best baseball site i've ever seen i mean gabe might have a better one but from what i've been told i'm like wow this thing is legit but i mean you can see players you can see babe ruth you can see players all the way back i think up to I think when baseball started, like 18-something. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Now, is it as accurate at that time? Who knows? But, I mean, it's got all the big names you would expect. If It's got Willie Mays on there. It's got Babe Ruth, et cetera, et cetera. So it's pretty cool. Like, you can look at that one stat and be able to compare people across years, decades, seasons. I mean, it, it's just a very cool stat because it's it, it does its very best, as Gabe was saying, to just take everything into consideration. And you don't have to worry about it. So – for that, for that, what I would, you know, just kind of going off of that, the best hitter this year in baseball, according to that stat now on fan graphs, they call it WRC+, plus. which can you explain what that stands for real quick? It's essentially the same thing from what it's, I've heard.
1: Yeah, it's basically the same thing, but it, it takes, it, it, it weights a, a few things a little bit more, like. It'll uh, it'll give credit. I I believe this is my understanding of it is mm-hmm. it gives a little bit more credit to uh, like RBI type situations. I, I think yeah. it's or you know it'll give more credit to if a player in a big spot gets hits a double or a home run, then it it weights that a little bit stronger than it would if you hit a home run in a ten to nothing game.
0: Which honestly, it, that's that, that's part of the reason that. Sorry, did I cut you off? No, no no not at all okay that's part of the reason i like this stat a little more than ops plus just because of the fact that at, at the end of the day you can say what you want physically if you hit a home run in the first like pure physically is what i'm saying If you hit a, a home run in the first inning versus the ninth inning yes you must be a, you might be a little more tired in the night you're probably going to be more tired in the ninth inning but physically you know they're gonna feel very 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 similar but mentally two totally different ball games correct so if you're hitting something if you're going yard when you like for example orlando arcia two three days ago i think he did it on tuesday when he went yard to end the game and win the brazen you know walk off home run kind of thing or i think he hit a walk off single or walk off double. i can't remember what it was it wasn't a home run um but or remember i'm getting two games mixed up we had two walk-off wins um, (laughs) recently but um anyways if you're hitting that kind of that is way more stressful because not only is it stressful physically it's very stressful mentally because basically the entire team is on your back now and if you miss this one hit that's all anyone's gonna remember that oh they missed the one hit the game you could have had a great game before that no one cares so it's i I like that it takes that into consideration going off of that sorry we kind of went full circle Um, It says the best three hitters this year, according to that stat, number one, Jordan Alvarez, Mm -hmm. number two, Paul Goldschmidt, and number three, your boy, Aaron Judge. Now, my question (laughs) is based off that, and it's from top to bottom, it's 201, 191, 188. My question is, and if you want to throw Mike Trout, he's 187, Jose Ramirez is 185. Those are really the top three guys. Everyone else is kind of far below them top five um my question is if you are a franchise right now and you need one guy to, you know you want one guy on your team to win you games and go yard a consistent hitter who are you choosing today today today
1: <sighs> man i mean yeah. I'm like
0: pure hitting not you can't take into effect like take into account that mike trout is as you've stated before, like one of the best interpreters of all time. All right, if we're, just talking, pure
1: if we're just talking pure hitting, I'm probably going to go with Alvarez. I mean, okay. To, to give to give uh, our listeners a little bit of a perspective on this, a 201 is a basically what Babe Ruth hit for his career. Let me fact check myself, but that's pretty much what he hit for his career. I, I, be, I believe that's right.
0: I think he was sitting around like 230 something. If I remember last time I looked it up. I looked it up with my dad. Uh, so, he had one season yeah like his his
1: career his career ops plus was 206. Okay, his career high was 255. like so basically yordan alvarez is hitting like babe ruth did for his whole career like i i really don't think i can turn that down you know you know that's what fair. i mean like you know babe ruth was like god to those people back in back in the day
0: yeah that's true i mean shoot even still today some people would <laughs> I think yeah. He's got. It. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that's interesting. I uh, I personally thought you were gonna go the the Mike Trout route, um, <laughs> or not yeah. the not not the Mike Trout route, the Aaron Judge route. Um, I mean, I
1: am I, I am a diehard Yankee fan, but you like, know it, the stat is the stat, and I've got to
0: go with the it, stat. It, that's fair. That's very fair. I uh, I still personally, I think I'll go for Aaron Judge just because. In his current situation, being in the middle of an arbitration battle, being in the middle of about to go hit free agency, he's about to get yeah. paid. He's still oh, hitting yeah. like this. And Jordan Alvarez has been on fire since the start of the season, really. I don't, yeah, I, I can't think of a game where he had a terrible game. So it makes me, Aaron Judges, I think this season, especially, and you know, previous seasons, he's proven even through the tough times, I mean, he's going to hit well. Same with Mike Trout, same with really Jose Ramirez. Um, yeah they're all consistent. They exactly. have to have OPS plus
1: that high. You have to be consistent every day. Exactly.
0: My only thing is why I would probably personally pick Aaron Judge and once again I know way less than you. So, you know, it's a very unqualified opinion. <laughs> but um why I would pick Judge over Alvarez is purely due to the fact I think if Alvarez hits I think if they both hit a slump, Judge is going to do a better job of getting out of it. That's just personally. I That's, think his men- yeah, I think mentally he's he's, right. he's much stronger. He's definitely
1: oh. mentally stronger because when judge first came up with the big leagues, he struggled a lot. Uh, I mean, a lot. He hit one, he had a home run, his first at bat. And then mm-hmm. it was like, dude couldn't hit water. If he fell out of a boat. Yeah, I love but, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, he really, he came back the next year and he's just been on fire. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what his low water mark has been in terms of OPS plus, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's ever been lower than like one ten. you know, that's insane. for a whole season, which th- that's just
0: great. That That's pretty ridiculous. I can, I can tell you now. Once again, I'm looking at WRC, yeah. but if we look quickly, yeah. Besides his rookie year, his lowest WRC has been 140.
1: Yeah, that's just insane. That's <laughs> insane. A, that's like Mike Trout level. <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: yeah, Mike Trout. If you look at hitting, I think he's like 10th all time. You know, like, <laughs> I mean his his hitting stats are ridiculous. Yeah. Not in I think he's it's not in WAR, but in WRC plus, yeah. He's um his hitting stats are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways. Um, you have anything more you want to say about this this topic?
1: No, man, I think I got it out of my system for now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, you know, I'm sure this is built uh, up over years. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm
0: I'm sure we'll be talking about baseball again. I mean, we definitely will be. But moving on to a new sport. We're gonna be talking about the NBA right now. We know the finals just finished. What'd you think about it? Golden State winners. They they definitely were having fun at their celebration. Shout out Clay. That boy uh, <laughs> knows how to drink some honey. Oh, yeah, <laughs> That's what I'll say. Hey I mean, man, you work
1: hard, you play hard, you win chips, you get to you get to play even harder that, afterwards. That, I'm, exactly. I'm
0: I I'm totally agree. He didn't do anything, you know, out of pocket. He wasn't rude or anything. You could just tell he was excited. And personally, I don't know how you feel. And I'm I'm curious, I'm asking you at the moment, but how do you feel about players when they win a championship? Just getting absolutely you know trashed and enjoying themselves not being you know not tearing anything up not just being with the team in a safe environment on the parade with their you know advisors and everything around them and just enjoying themselves drinking heavily or doing whatever like do you think that's a good look
1: i think it's a great look man because honestly what it what it should show people is that if you work your butt off if you're blessed to have the type of genetics that these guys have Mm -hmm. like if you if you do everything the right way, it's okay to cut it loose every once in a while. Like, you know, you don't want to be cutting, you don't want to be cutting loose in the middle of the season when you're trying to battle towards working towards that common goal. But after you've achieved that common goal, it it does it does your mind a good thing to just relax and just full send it once, you know, that one time or maybe for a week, take a couple weeks off. It does, it does your body good, believe me. I, exactly. I'm all about it, man. These guys, they've earned it. They won a championship. They they need to celebrate. You know, they earned it. The city's earned it. You know, everybody needs to celebrate. And you know what? These guys, they've been doing it well for a long time.
0: So exactly.
1: It's really nothing new for Golden State. I mean, goodness gracious. It feels like they won the, the championship every year. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think
0: there was some stat. I believe it was in the past eight years they've won – what is it? Four? Is it four or five? I don't think it's five. I don't think it's five. Um, hold up! Damn! Look, we're both looking at what great podcast. We <laughs> <are>. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so Steph has four. So yeah, since okay. twenty fifteen, so, so the past seven years, yeah, they've, they've won four. four championships. Yeah. It's,
1: it's that, is insane. Yeah.
0: that is absurd. That is absolutely ridiculous, nuts, man. So. Now, kind of going off of that, you look at this Golden State team, obviously they're ridiculously talented up and down. You know, they got Steph, they got
1: Clay, they got it's Draymond, Clay. they got
0: Wiggins, they got Poole, they got Kaminga. My question is, you know, the question of every single sport of all time, if you're that franchise, two players you're keeping, regardless. You're keeping Clay and you're keeping yep. Steph. Yep. Those guys aren't going anywhere. Right. The other guys all legitimately – could be up for max contracts. Draymond will probably never take one because
1: he, wants he enjoys,
0: win. exactly, he wants to win and he enjoys being a role player at Golden State and his role fits well at Golden State. If he wasn't at Golden State, he's obviously definitely good enough to be an all-star. I mean, he's been there multiple times, but his role is just a different role. It fits very well in the Golden State system. It might not fit in another system as well as he would hope. I don't think he's ever, ever going to leave there. He's going to be a solid 15, 20 mil a year guy. Yeah. But Jordan Poole, is i think he's up for a contract not this coming season the next one if he doesn't take the player option which he definitely will but at that point they're going to want to give him an extension of some sort do you think they're going to give him and kaminga and wiggins an extension because all of them legitimately could get max contracts for me personally
1: i would prioritize wiggins over pool and the, and the Whoa. reason
0: oh, okay. That's, so, we disagree there. Well, okay, yeah, well, I, I'm
1: let's sure hear. we do disagree. But the reason why is if you if you look at how Wiggins played against Boston and the mm-hmm. NBA finals, I get it. It's a small sample size, but, Wiggins, but it's the important sample size. It's the NBA important sample size. I mean, Boston's got some dogs. Oh, OK, yeah. they didn't just they, yeah. they didn't just roll over and die. Exactly. Exactly. They got some dogs. Wiggins put up 18 points a game. That was more than clay. He scored Mm -hmm. more points a game than clay he had a higher field goal percentage than clay but of course clay Mm -hmm. basically just saw threes the whole time yeah and wiggins is also he's not a bad defender
0: he's really he's really not now okay kind of playing devil's advocate against myself so agreeing with you essentially i think wiggins makes more sense for the overall team due to the fact that he's more of a slasher. His shooting has improved tremendously since he got Golden State. Ever since he entered the league, I mean, he's been a slasher. He's been, you know, we're NC State guys. He's been like Darion Sebron, where it's very much he's a slasher. He's good at getting the rim. He will get to the rim. End of story. But it's always been, you know, is shooting going to get there? Playing with Stephen Clay and uh, Jordan Poole, like those are the guys you want to play with if you need to improve your shooting. Yes. And, you know, Steve Kerr as your coach, like that – one of the best shooters of all time like you could not ask for a better situation that's why his yes. shooting is approved so much yes but also going along with that I think that like you know agreeing with you I think Wiggins is a better overall fit for the team but that's where I get a little confused because I think I'm not sure if I would pay Wiggins of max just because of the fact that I think for the way golden state wants to run, they don't care if they never slash the ball. That's ever. true. That's very so true. I think Jordan Poole makes a little more sense there, but at the same time, I'm not sure Jordan Poole is going to end up being a superstar. If he keeps playing how he has been, right. I mean, he's improved every single year and I think he's going to want his, I think Jordan Poole is going to, I hope he has more. I mean, he already has more success than this guy, but I think he's going to be very much the Paul George type where he's going to be like, I want to take over a team, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I and, hope the best you know he's never
1: he's never gonna get to be the guy that takes over the team for at least until Steph gets to the I, point where he's not dropping thirty points a game in the NBA exactly. Finals for
0: for at and least that could be five, a long time exactly well that's the thing it could be probably like you know at least five years because just the type of player Steph is I mean he doesn't first off I mean he readily plays defense that's why they have Draymond like that's why I mean yeah. um, Draymond and Iggy and those guys in Camby yes yes but I think it's Kind of ridiculous you look at steph and he's kind of like a brady where you're like this guy could legitimately play another you know five to eight years and not much would change so it's just it's it's kind of ridiculous on that um anything else about the nba finals you want to talk about do do Um, you think do you think the celtics kind of fumbled it themselves yeah,
1: a little bad. bit. I mean, okay. but two, but it's really not fair to guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I mean, both those guys put up twenty more than twenty points a game in the NBA yeah. Finals. Tatum played forty point seven minutes a night. Like my golly! Gosh. Like talk that about guy. a guy that wants to win! Like exactly. oh my gosh! I and I'm, I'm a you know we're NC State guys, but like and Tatum played at Duke, and I hated him when he was at Duke. Oh yeah, but I mean yeah. he's he's a, he's a superstar. Tatum is a superstar. Oh yeah, you know in my mind he's a superstar. I mean, he shot 45% from three in the finals. 45%. Like, just unbelievable, man.
0: That like, is – that's beyond ridiculous. Yeah. Honestly, and, and,
1: and they lost. You know, they lost in the finals because Al Horford's not a great defender. He's not. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he can shoot the ball a little bit, but he's not a great defender. He's a little bit undersized. Yep. And, I mean, they had Derek White who shot 32% and he was playing 26 and a half minutes a night. Like – that's gonna kill you right there. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, that but, that's that, that's what's gonna do it right there.
1: So not you know, like I that, just so. I'm not trying to put it all on one guy. I mean, but you know, these guys they make a lot of money, mm-hmm. they were on a successful team. I'm gonna call it like I see it. And you know, Derek White and Grant Williams were
0: bad. Yeah, dude. Also, also, it's one of those at some point you can't really blame it on Boston because if you watch how they defended Steph and Clay, like, I mean, what more could you have done? Yeah, exactly. They had like 93 guys on there when there's only <laughs> supposed to be five. Yeah. Those guys, and they're still just dropping the shot. Like, what are you supposed yeah. to do? What else yeah. can you do? Nothing. There's nothing exactly. else. Exactly. You, you got so, it, man. So just, you know, I think, I think we kind of wrapped up this final situation. I want to just, you know, it, we are recording during the NBA draft. These first three picks, I'm not going to lie. These are the only three guys I, I know in here besides Seabroon. Um, I've been slacking on my college basketball this year, but these first three picks, I'm going to name who they are and what team they went to. First pick is what I've been calling all year. Some people were saying, <laughs> oh, it's going to be shut. It's going to no, be No, no. No, it's no. not. No, it's not. He needs about 77 pounds. Yes. 77, but I mean, leg- <laughs> like, I'm not even trying to be the butthole, but he's listed at seven, seven foot 195. I can tell you right now, he is not 195. No. He's maybe kissing, soaking wet. Just got out the shower, just hop out the gym, just, you know, hopped out of a lake, just hop out bucket of honey kind of thing i mean he <laughs> might be 175 <laughs> maybe he, he legitimately needs probably 40 pounds that's not yeah. even a, at least to to be defensively what he was in college yeah, like offensively crazy. i mean you don't you don't really need that much weight because of the uh, way he plays he's very much you know a sly yeah. slip through guy so yeah. but anyways first overall boncaro i've been saying this for forever he's going to the magic absolutely stud exactly i mean he's an absolute stud he's an animal his drive is awesome he, he seems like a good kid um i i think that's a great pick for orlando personally number two kind of what you would expect the thunder they need a bigger guy again they go for shet of yeah. course number three the guy who everyone thought was gonna go uh number one if it wasn't shet or boncaro and it's jabari smith from auburn that dude is an absolute animal yeah and he goes to the rockets i i understand that you know the top three teams are typically going to be some of the worst teams of the league but it's like dang man i hope you could have gone to a better team <laughs> than that. But what do you what do you think about those picks i mean that I, I as mean, of right now they're you know what more could you ask for
1: i think i think the magic absolutely made the right decision going on boncaro i mean you look at who they have on their team currently and it's like okay well they're paying jonathan isaac mm-hmm. uh, this year and then they have to pay him a little bit of money next year, yep. but then they can cup eight with him. So, exactly. I mean, if you don't want to hang on to Jonathan Isaac, you're definitely not going to have to yep. at this point. And then you're going to have guys like Cole Anthony and Fultz and Wendell Carter to go
0: along with Bank and they still have sucks. And they still have sucks. So, it's like you're on, on that team. Who do you think is the best? Because I know who I think is the best, <laughs> even though, even though, as an NC State guy, I kind of hate to admit it, but I know who I think is best. I mean, you could probably guess based off that. Uh, I don't know. It's
1: probably Carter, but maybe uh, maybe it's Cole Anthony. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's, I, I
0: was going to say, I think Cole, personally, I'd say Cole Anthony, but I, I mean, think I'm very much a mental state guy, and I think he's got the best drive and the best mental state. Definitely. I mean, my whole the the one knock I have
1: on Cole Anthony, it's really not even a knock on him. It was a knock mm-hmm. on the guys that he played with at Chapel Hill. I felt but, so bad for him at Chapel Hill. <laughs> you know, they they had a they had a historically bad season when
0: he was there. Oh, yeah. And you know he should have been a top three pick.
1: Yeah. And he 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 definitely would have been if he'd had a little bit of help. But oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I so I'm a little biased against him because they didn't have they didn't have the best season when he was there. So, you know, but it's probably Cole Anthony, but even even then I'm also as progressive as I am with statistics and baseball, Mm -hmm. I'm very uh, old school when it comes to basketball. I like (laughs) the idea of having a guy on the blocks and, you know, with his back to the rim and putting up points like that and playing solid defense. That's that's the brand of basketball I like to watch, Mm -hmm. but I understand the three-point shot has just absolutely taken over the game of basketball as it should. Yeah, that...
0: That's that's very true. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think I also the, I, the magic
1: definitely made the best pick though. I agree. I Banquero.
0: think I this whole time I've been saying if you look at the guys, Boncaro is easily the most NBA ready. He's yes. 6'10", 250. That you're not gonna to want to put any weight on him, he's already the perfect weight you want for him. 610, 250. They might put him to like 270, but that, that might be a little too big.
1: I, I um, think he's fine right where he is. He moves really well for 250. I think he's gonna be a, a great defender and he can get buckets.
0: Exactly. I think the next NBA ready prospect, because if you if you wanted to make the argument Shet has the best the highest ceiling, sure, sure. That's, that's a reasonable, that's a reasonable argument. I personally still don't agree because I love Boncaro. But um, I I can understand the argument. It it's fair. It's potentially potentially gonna happen. You know, understand. But in terms of NBA ready, it has to be Boncaro, then Smith. Shet might not even be top twenty in terms of NBA ready. I think he's when you put him up against someone like Joel Embiid, the poor guy's gonna <laughs> break. Up. I mean, can, or Giannis, like what is he gonna do to that? Absolutely. I mean, he's gonna get Giannis runs over full two hundred seventy pound guys. Yeah, can you imagine? shet has to block a zion williamson dunk. <laughs> like that's not gonna happen, that's Zion's not gonna gonna happen. Break, they're gonna break him in half bro zion Giannis, all all the big bodies they're gonna break him in half exactly it's gonna be comical and that uh <laughs> perfect transition by you boy uh speaking about zion <laughs> uh, there, there was a picture posted the other day so kind of give everyone some you know understand the situation he broke he broke his foot I believe yes um and he's been in recovery this whole time there were rumors and I I personally think they were true the NBA kind of hushed him they came out like one day and then you didn't hear anything about it um after that but there were rumors that he was actually fine like three months ago uh-huh. but that the Pelicans franchise was like look we're not gonna risk it anymore right we're gonna get you to absolute pure peak fitness kind of what golden State did with clay like we're right. just we're not even gonna risk it there's no point you're you're still our guy for the future that kind of thing but there was a picture posted recently and i sent it to you gabe and he looks like he legitimately probably dropped 20 30 pounds easily Um, easily and i mean he just looks like a solid rock like he looks like he's at a good weight for him because there are guys that are saying oh he needs to drop 70 pounds well the issue is when you've been used to playing with that weight yes it's going to affect your knees however if you just drop all that weight all of a sudden you're going to be almost and you've seen it happen to guys before they're almost like overly explosive yeah and it's like they, they just don't know how to handle it and then they make one bad fall and, and it's, that's it's it. over with again so Great. i think exactly i think he's at you know a perfect weight right now and it looks like he's you know pl- it looks like he's at he's healthy kind of thing yeah so i'm i'm curious if you were the pelicans he's coming up on a contract year he's gonna want a full max would you give him the full max for i think it's five years Today? today no i wouldn't do it today i wouldn't do it okay okay how much would you give them i think the max the rookie max right well, now if, I think if it's you like 39 if,
1: well here here here's my whole thing about the nba and free agency and all and my uh philosophy on nba free agency okay. the reason why i don't give it to him is because i know somebody else is going to probably give it to him. yep and if you're able to afford a super max player that's not chores that means you have either enough cap space you, you have to have the cap space to do that yep. okay which means that you're also going to have to potentially lose a super max player and if there's a if there's a max player out there that's not zion i think i would probably have that max player that's not zion over zion as of right now
0: that, I because
1: you know i haven't seen it you know exactly. I, I haven't seen the level of play out of zion in the nba for a whole season yet he that's, is that's, more
0: than capable exactly that's that's the biggest statement the one you ended with for a whole season because i had this argument with ronaka which for those of you who don't know which i bet everybody here knows that's my roommate yes. huge nba fan um but i had this argument with him the other day where he was saying oh well he hasn't shown anything it's not that he hasn't shown anything every single game he's played he's played a good game like that's besides right. his like first 10 and that's even right. then he played pretty he's played a good game the issue is. He has not been able to be consistent due to injuries yes but i think the pelican staff have realized look this is going to have to be a guy that we nurture for a little bit until we drop him he probably is going to lose another 5 10 pounds not anything major no but just to kind of you know reassure the biggest issue that they're going to worry about is going to be his knees and ankles they're really not going to worry about anything else upper body you know nothing really happens to those guys it's going to be knees and ankles are his ACLs and current, and you know, it's a professional sport. They already know what his muscles look like. They all know they should have that stat available, even though it's, you know, I'm kind of joking, even though it's not baseball and they don't know everything like they, yeah. they still should know enough where the physios should know what he needs. So right. personally, I, I I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you. I would, part of me wants to give him the super max, but part of me also wants to say, go for it, try to hit free agency. We'll and see if what you, you can don't get. exactly see what you can get if someone else would give you a super max knock yourself out man but if you could get zion for even like 20 mil right now because at the end of the day he might be he's a top three guy in strength in the league oh easily easily it, it's it's got to be joel Embiid, Giannis, and zion and, and zion i once again we've talked about this before um but i don't think we talked about it on the pod you can include the aliens of any sport into a conversation. Like I'm not going to include Mike Trout into most conversations because he's arguably the best player in baseball every single year. Right. End of story. I'm not going to include LeBron in most conversations because he's arguably the best player in the league every single year. Same thing with Cristiano and Messi and soccer. Like you just can't include those guys. They're anomalies. I'm not going to include them. So anyways, but he's arguably a top three guy in strength. So it's one of those, he's got everything. I think it would do him better if he just takes his fourth year or fifth year option, whatever it is this year for 15 mil, whatever it is. They're they're I mean they're pretty hefty options. Yeah. And he's still getting paid 15 million dollars a year from Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's still gonna make good money, and then just have this year be like, you know what, I'm gonna prove I'm worth a max. Because if he has one good year, everyone's gonna go Everyone's to gonna pay him, yeah. Because yeah, that's the thing. No one is doubting the talent, no one no. is doubting the strength. The only thing people are doubting are: is this guy gonna be able to be consistent? Can he play? at the very least you know like 60 games right and then play through the playoffs that's right like, that, that's all that's all big teams really want out of their max players now you see yeah. it you know i'm a clippers fan you see it with Kawhi all the time they're like we don't really care about the regular season we're not paying you that money for the regular season so no I think- we just want to be one of the top eight in the conference we get
1: get to the dance and exactly. then we're gonna we're gonna roll those dice, baby, and hopefully we can
0: get get to the finals and win a chip. That's what exactly. it's all about. Get to the dance. Exactly, one hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So on on that note, do you have anything else you want to say about this topic? Zion? No, man. I, I I think we pretty much nailed it on that one. I, I would agree. So moving on to our next sport, our final sport, final topic, we're gonna start with a huge decision. Yeah. In the world of football, yes, <laughs> it was Archie Manning. For those of you who don't know. Archie Manning is the son of Cooper correct yes son Cooper of Cooper Manning. Manning if you don't know who Cooper Manning is he is the brother right yep the brother okay, yeah. brother of of course the one the only Peyton and Eli yes so there were always stories about how Cooper was actually better than the two blah blah blah, blah had some injuries had some issues right. da, 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 da. if you ask Peyton he'll say that Cooper was better than him um now the interesting thing is Archie his son He's been a five-star recruit. Been recruited by every single. They they say he's one of the best recruits to come out in a while. Blah blah. blah. Been recruited by everybody in the country. You know, mm-hmm. rightfully so. He had offers from Georgia. He had visits at Georgia. He had offers from I think Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. I mean, literally everywhere that any football player would be like, "Oh my god, it's my full dream." And if yeah. if these guys offered me, then I would sign immediately. He got an offer from me, kind of <laughs> and he chose where, Gabe. Texas, <laughs> the horse. So, here, here's my thing: if there's ever, ever, a decision that's all about staying close to family and already having connections, this is it. Yeah, easily. because because I I hate to be I'm just gonna say I hate to be the asshole. But why <laughs> would you not choose UGA, Bama, Clem? Why would you not choose a program that is currently good? You can argue Texas is a proven program. Yes, their facilities are ridiculous. Yeah. Their talent development's awesome. You're still going to go par to the with NFL. an NFL team. It's an, exactly. or, It's on par.
1: It's even better than some NFL. facilities exactly. is what they tell.
0: Is what like they it, tell it's so. nicer than the Panthers facility. It's nicer yeah. than you know the Commanders facility. I mean, yeah. so it's it's one of these. It's nice. You can't argue the facilities, but why someone of his caliber would go to that school, I can tell you why because he already has NIL agreements yep. with probably dealerships and whoever and whoever's down there. Yep. He already probably has a house down there. Yep. His family can go to every single guy. This is 100% personally, I think, a you know what? I just want to stay close to home because I know I'm going to go to the NFL. Just say, what yep. do you think?
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, the one issue I take with it is there's another quarterback prospect uh, in the 2021 class, Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. it's this, this past where's, class. He from? where's he from i'm not sure where he's from but okay. he he's also a five-star recruit so you know there's a pretty good chance that archie doesn't play his true freshman year so oh there's like, another
0: guy in texas
1: yeah there's another guy at texas yeah he's a five-star what? recruit there's a, there's a good chance archie doesn't play his true freshman year because this guy's going to be a a redshirt junior or a redshirt sophomore i'm i'm, I'm not sure on, on the years but it's like i i it's a head scratcher but again i mean it's it's only a verbal commitment you know we'll see but i i just don't know i mean and nil money is it's a real thing man it's a real thing i you know i was reading the other day that apparently some kid was given eight million dollars or something eight million yeah eight million dollars
0: for a commitment i mean it's just unbelievable i know people were freaking out over bryce young a million bucks which You can say what you want about the NIL, and if you want to email us and argue or tweet us and argue, go Go for it. But we both are on the same page where it's the best thing to happen to these athletes. These guys, these TV deals, look up. I want you all to look up the NCAA March Madness TV deals because they are not in the M category. They are in the B category. category. And when I say that, that means billions of dollars. (laughs) That is absolutely ridiculous that these schools can make that amount of money and not share it with. For football, I understand a little bit. And they're still not sharing the money what they're doing is saying if you want to get paid go get paid go be like a regular college student yeah go work for it yep. and that is how you should do it the guys should you know they make the money for the school that's why they get the scholarships they want to make money for themselves they can work for it or yep. the school can help them out and that's how it should be it makes sense Definitely. Definitely. It makes sense it allows any small program to do well because and people are like oh well you know places like i i can't think of one in a small city right now well let's but, let's
1: let's look at it from this perspective okay so mm-hmm. you had spencer rattler and you had uh what was the guy's name that ended up winning the job at oklahoma williams uh Devin williams oh, uh anyway Something so yet you had, you, you yes. had two bona fide stud quarterbacks that are both playing at the university of oklahoma spencer yeah. rattler had the job right off the bat and he lost his job okay plain and yep. simple lost his job so mm-hmm. what does spencer rattler do he's like okay well you know i want to play i'm good enough to play i'm gonna transfer Exactly. So don't give me this crap that oh well you know we're we're gonna see a con, uh, all the talent's gonna go to the top ten programs. That's not true at all. It, exactly. All the the best talent at each position like is probably gonna go to the top ten programs. But if you're a second on the depth chart, it does you no good nil wise to be the backup
0: quarterback. It exactly. doesn't do you One, any good. It exactly. And also. My thing that art, that aggravates me about the NIL is everyone's always like, oh, well, only the big cities are going to get it. That's not true. You're no. telling me Tuscaloosa <laughs> was able to pay Bryce Young a million bucks, which actually no. I think he ended up getting more than that. I think that yeah. was just like initial – his before he even played a snap, he got a yeah. million bucks.
1: Tuscaloosa – yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, sure. buddy.
0: Sure. No, if you want that money, you can get it from anywhere. You could That's be in right. Tuscaloosa and, you know, your face is on Green Bay cheese. Like yeah. it's – you know, it's <laughs> – it what do what do they think these graduates are
1: graduating and they're just staying at home? Like no, they're exactly, going off.
0: Exactly, that's the thing. So it's uh, oh gosh, that's that's so dumb. But Archie Manning's decision, it's an interesting one. That's what yes. I would say. At the end of the I was, day, I, I don't know. I don't know the full situation, but I will also say I was a little upset as a Georgia fan, but also happy as a Georgia fan because you know. I think they're not they're not joining the SEC yet. It's like 2025. No, it's twenty twenty five is when they join yep. the SEC. So, so you uh, don't have to see him for we're a while. Good. Yeah, we're good. You know, bye see him Archie. We probably yeah. won't ever have to see him because he'll probably get drafted. You know, his junior year and be fine. So
1: yeah, we'll see. All right. But he's he's not he's not going to campus until twenty twenty three. So I think you have. I think you're gonna get oh, him for one fine. year. I think you're getting him for one year. So mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> a a quarterback does not make a team steven it just helps a lot
0: (laughs) very true very true now kind of last topic also on football now i'm going to say this treading as lightly as possible yes because we're transitioning into another topic for those of you who do not know deshaun watson is the browns quarterback he has a lot of sexual assault cases um yeah i think it's like 20 or 24 i believe it's 20 um and he settled 16 of them the nfl is giving no more information on that they're just saying 16 of them have been settled the other four are in the works regardless of what you want to say i'm not going to expand upon that i'm not going to give my views because that's frankly not my place to do what i will say is just pure from the nfl that now means he's going to be the bona fide starter in cleveland the other four are going to get worked out he's going to be that starter so two questions one there's two elite quarterbacks maybe not elite but above average starter level quarterbacks that still don't have jobs that would be Baker Mayfield and Jimmy G technically has a job but the 49ers seem like they don't know which is their left and which is their right right now so I don't I don't know what they're doing those two guys where would you like to see them play so
1: I've been I've been hearing a lot that there's a strong possibility I think we might even mention it last week that mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield could go to the Carolina Panthers but you know if. The 49ers are making Jimmy Garoppolo available and I'm the Carolina Panthers. I'm getting on the phone. Oh, yeah. And the reason why I'm getting on the phone is because I know Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to lose me football games. That is very true. That- and I know that we can make Jimmy Garoppolo's contract work for this next year. Because if I remember correctly, I think Jimmy's only got two years left
0: on his on his contract. I believe that's correct. Is that is that right? I believe, I believe that's correct. I think it's yeah. only two years left.
1: Because I think it was a
0: five-year, 125 million dollar deal. Yeah, he's let's, already let's knocked look out free with us because two of them were injured and last year. He had a good year. Yeah, let's let's look this up to be sure.
1: San yeah, Francisco. no uh, Okay, because here's what I'm thinking: If you're the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. David Tepper needs to. He need. You know, he needs to show the fan base that, like, about, I'm assuming that's GM. That's the owner. owner, the owner.
0: OK. Yeah, yeah, that's the
1: owner. He needs to show the fan base. Like, look, I'm not a moron. Like, I want to win, <laughs> but I'm not willing to just throw money around like it's like it's like there's no tomorrow. OK, exactly. so Jimmy's contract is going to be up after this season. So know, this is honestly,
0: too.
1: this is honestly the perfect scenario for the Carolina Panthers, if you're asking me. They I have know. Sam Darnold on 18.5 18.6 million dollar cap hit mm-hmm. they could bring in jimmy for probably that the 49ers would realistically probably eat like a couple million bucks just to just to where it would fit in the salary cap situation for the panthers oh you know? well
0: go, going off that i would not be surprised if because the 49ers are notorious at getting the world's worst backups um <laughs> the, no that's that's not true that's a little harsh. But backups that are, you know, definitely below par. They're not Nick Foles or Teddy Bridgewater where you're like, all right, cool. They could be a starter somewhere. They're just kind of like, eh, yeah, they're a backup. I wouldn't be surprised if we said, hey, if you'll take Jimmy off our hands, we'll take Sam Darnold off your hands because it's $7 million less, and that's enough to fully give Bosa his extension that he needs. So
1: That's a good point. I would guys. not be shocked if that happened. We're wheeling and dealing, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I-, I like it, man. They could, they could swap them. And then, you know, I, obviously Jimmy's a much better quarterback than Sam. Oh, yeah. So you probably say like some kind of mid round pick or something, call it even. Yep. I mean,
0: that, and that I, works. I wouldn't be upset with that. Yeah. Cause Sam, I would want Trey Lance to be the bonafide starter, but at the end oh, of the obviously. day, Sam Darnold has a lot of good tools that he could still teach Trey Lance. So yes. I'm not, I wouldn't be upset with that now kind of going with that. I, you sent me an article. I don't think we talked about it last week. Correct me. No, if I we, did. didn't. we didn't. We did. Um, but you sent me an article, and basically the whole premise of the article was stating the fact that there are certain quarterbacks that may be getting more hate than they should because their completion percentage looks worse than it than it should due to the fact that completion percentage does not take into account wide receiver errors or receiving core errors. Correct. And we were talking about, I, I know we brought up, Last week, the fact that there were two quarterbacks and they happen to both play on our teams Zach Wilson (laughs) and Jimmy G that they are good quarterbacks. They are definitely above average, close to, you know, they'll have Pro Bowl years, maybe not a consistent Pro Bowl, but they both should have Pro Bowl years in the future, in the future. Not not like today, but in the future, they're both very good quarterbacks, but their stats are bringing them down when really if you watch the games, they're doing everything right now what this article was basically showing is that there's a list of the amount the percentage of time that a drop or an incomplete pass was due to the quarterback's situation or was it due to the receiving situation and the article basically said this amount of time it was due to the receiver and guess who were the top two of the list zach wilson Wilson and jimmy Jimmy G. g (laughs) <laughs> so, said. Exactly. so i think jimmy g you look at his completion percentage i think it's sitting around like 61 62 which to be fair is really not even that bad it's not great no it's but not great. if you've watched him play it's not his fault i think his percentage of the amount of times that it wasn't his fault was like nine something percent so now you're looking at a completion percentage i think it was 9.6 and Zachs oh, yeah. was 10.1 zax was like something oh like i'm that. so sorry zach yeah. <laughs> it was like, buddy. but y'all saw that situation in the drafts so or whatever but um, so now you're looking at around a 70% completion rate for Jimmy G. That is elite. That, a 70%, I mean, that is awesome. You yeah. could not ask for much more than that. At now, nowadays, in the, nowadays in the NFL, if you're cruising around 68 to 74. You're a very accurate quarterback.
1: Exactly. And you're lobbled to throw for 4,000 yards.
0: Exactly. So it's one of those. It sounds like you're saying you would want Jimmy over Baker. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Easily. I, I, would I would much
1: agree. rather have jimmy much rather I, think, I get it baker has more talent but jimmy's not gonna lose you football
0: games exactly like, i think i i personally like baker a lot and i think he gets some hate but at the same time there are definitely browns games where it's like dude that's on you yeah <laughs> it's like why would you be- try
1: to throw it in that window that
0: window exactly. was that window was
1: like the size of like a caterpillar
0: Exactly. Like, come on bro exactly like it aggravates me but you'll watch jimmy and he knows he can't scramble he right. knows. So right. he doesn't even try most of the time. Baker will be like, oh, I can do this. It's like, dude, <laughs> you do not need to throw this in this one foot wide window and yeah. then be surprised when the linebacker intercepts it. Like, yeah. why you you know what Jimmy does, which is why he's been injured so much. He's just like, screw it, I'm gonna take the hit. And you're like, dog. Just come on. Just incomplete <laughs> pass it to the sidelines. He's got he got better about it this year. Yeah. But um it it it'll be interesting. I still think I would love to see baker in seattle because i think pete carroll is going to be a perfect coach for him where he's just going to drill into him very much like look you either perform or your butt is on the bench yep. end of story pete carroll is yep. very much a no bs <laughs> coach yeah <laughs> so I, th- I think that would be a good situation for both of them and especially i think uh drew Locke is he's meant to be a you know top 10 backup he's yeah. not meant to be a starter I agree. um so yeah that's i think that's all I got for today. Yeah, man. You got, you I'm, gotta... I'm done, man. This this has been a lot of fun. Exactly. Another fun episode. We hope y'all enjoyed it. We'll be back next week again. So, with that said, that's Live from the Sticks, Episode 2. I'm your host, Stevie J. And I'm Gabe. And he's Gabe. <laughs> See y'all. Y'all have a good one.